How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going, right, Dave? Uh, it's been a bit of a day. Yeah. Do you feel like we need more light in this room or no? Uh, it's pretty dark. It's pretty dark. Um, Just like this episode. Hey. I mean, there would be parts that are a little bit dark, I guess, but overall, I don't think. It's more like mature content than, than yeah. dark, necessarily. If anything, if the episode was really dark, the rating could be more towards kids because they wouldn't be able to see what's happening. <laughs> like, There's no explicit nudity if you're staring at a black screen. But what if it's black nudity? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, in this episode, we're going to be talking about some of the more uh, mature topics in games and some of the controversies they've created. Um, I'm sure everybody's had their favorite IP torn apart um, by Jack Thompson or somebody else that absolutely hates games. Um, well, I wouldn't say they they hate games, hmm. but they see something in he game. Which, well, yeah, he's a piece <laughs> of shit. But I'm saying like usually one thing will kind of get nitpicked, and then it'll get bandwagoned. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's actually fair, and that that applies more beyond even mature themes in games yeah but um we're going to talk in particular about some of the more mature games uh through the years and we're going to try to justify the fact that every podcast has been marked explicit <laughs> it's all a lead up to this it's, it's really because i swear a lot <laughs> <laughs> it's the entire reason actually um but as an opening and siding incident something we looked into that i remembered personally was uh, i've been a big fan of mass effect um for all three of the games <laughs> and uh the um at one point uh, fox news came out and said that the game had full digital nudity and the, the head title was sex box which is you know we've all said it yeah somebody got paid an extra five dollar bonus for that that yeah. quip they like tossed him an extra meal ration or something at the the fox studios and um Essentially, they had a correspondence back and forth mm-hmm. where um, a woman claimed that uh, Cooper Lawrence claimed that they don't show women for being valued or anything other than their sexuality, and it's a and it's a man in this game deciding how many women he wants to be with. And uh, Jeff Knightley, who's he was on uh, G Four, mm-hmm. uh, he was also like Spike. Is he Music a games Awards. journalist or yes? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a Spike Music Awards. Uh, if you remember that clip where he talked about. Uh, uh, Kojima not being there to receive his award. That was that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, but he said, I've had enough of your disingenuous assertions. Uh, all right, that's completely incorrect. First of all, you can play as a man or woman in the game. Cooper, have you played Mass Effect? She laughed dismissively and said no. And then he just goes on this full disproval of her claims and talks about how there's like two minutes of like the world's most PG rated sex scene. Followed by maybe PG thirteen, maybe PG thirteen. Yeah. Followed by like thirty hours of gameplay. So it was hilarious that this was a thing for me, um, and also terrifying because I enjoyed the series. I didn't want my parents to see Fox News and be <laughs> like, "You can never pick up a Mass Effect game." So let, let's put some context first. How old were you when this game came out? Around, I probably would have been like fourteen, thirteen, something like that. Okay, so you're technically still at an like impressionable age, yeah. somewhat. Mm-hmm. 
do you think it negatively affected you in any way the fact that there was a sex scene in the game yeah i don't i don't think so i mean i was like a juvenile boy so i'm sure that i attempted to get the sex scene um but uh, what was funny is i actually remember they had a family kind of living room sort of computer area and i mistimed this like terribly if if anything i should have been like oh wait wait until to play this game and this particular scene until like you know, late at night, yeah, whatever. No one else is up. upstairs asleep or something. And then I could have gotten that 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 sweet side boob uh, in the video, um, but instead, like everyone was around. <laughs> so scene comes on, and I'm like, ah, oh, mash escape, skip cutscene. I didn't even see it. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I saw it until like YouTube on years later, like just by happenstance, yeah. like a Mass Effect compilation. So I don't think it massively infected my like development and growth as a human being you don't think it massively affected you <laughs> oh, sorry that was it was looking at me it was biting me um there's a minor effect <laughs> but uh i mean it was massively blown out of proportion yeah there was like almost no actual uh sexual content there and it was a tiny amount of content and i always want to bring things back to like the holistic view right because i know before we were talking about like content in video games and like what makes a good story and one thing i hate is when they'll put something in games for the sake of it right like oh these two characters bang and you're like why (laughs) like there's not a good reason yeah it's been 15 minutes since someone banged (laughs) (laughs) but correct me if i'm wrong because i haven't played mass effect similar to this uh cooper lawrence right yes um but i am semi-familiar with it Mm mm-hmm but correct me if I'm wrong, but like you can court different people yeah. throughout the game. Yes. Based uh-huh. on like your actions and your interactions with them, right? There wasn't like a tremendously large pool of characters mm-hmm. you could like develop a relationship with in Mass Effect 1. But I think there was like two or three options for men and two or three options for, for women. Um, and one of them is this alien they're talking about, the Asari, who doesn't care whether you're a man or a woman. So. Um, so. It got blown up for being sexual and bad for kids, but the same way it's it normalized homosexuality. You would think like, so. It, if any of them had done their homework and realized you could play as a female character, they, that's what they would have been outraged about. But they all thought it was like a male sex fantasy simulator. So they missed that entirely. So, but at least in Mass Effect 1, is it just straight interactions? No, it's a... Um, well, it depends because it's the alien race and it is a female alien race. Okay. So in that case, if you're playing Femshep, um, you could have a relationship with the female Asari, um, Liara is your name. And that would be the closest thing. Well, the closest thing the first game I think has to a, a lesbian interaction. Okay. Yeah. They, that would have, I mean, that 100% would have set them off if they knew that that was a possibility in the game. Yeah. It would have been like, for men, it's like a sex fantasy. And at the same time, it's like teaching our kids that homosexuality is okay. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been freaking hilarious, actually. But Yeah, it doesn't, because I wasn't really a part of this whole thing. It doesn't strike me, at least now, as anything that crazy. Because oh, yeah. I've played games with sexuality and it's Mm -hmm. not ever over the top yeah and it's not for like sexual gratification like i played some of witcher 3 where 
you have sex with these ladies you yes. come across because that's Geralt's character. He gets wooed by these powerful women to do things for them. Yeah. And he's just kind of going about his business. Yeah. And like it's it's part of the world and I don't think it's inappropriate or it's sexist. It kind of gives the world a little more flourish. Yeah. I think you played you played like Witcher Wild Hunt, right? So like I believe so, yes. Like Witcher One was a bit more um I don't know if like full chauvinistic, but it definitely had more of a hey, I just saved you, like we should probably bang, right? Like that's how this arrangement mm-hmm. goes. Which, you know, is not progressing anyone's worldview. Yeah, <laughs> you know, really. For sure. uh, and you literally collected cards in that game after you had like, you get like nudie, nudie cards. Yeah, gotcha. essentially. Um, which was something, I guess. Um, and then later games, they treated it a little bit more maturely. Um, although I think Witcher 2 opened with um, uh, Triss Marigold, which is one of the sources, uh, being nude. <laughs> it was like the opening <laughs> scene of the game. So they got that right out. <laughs> like, we got to meet our quota. Uh. <laughs> it's it pretty funny, though. And I mean, like, that's a that's a European-made game. So they see that completely different. CD Projekt Red is based in um, Iceland? Poland? Poland. Poland. It's Poland. It's Poland. <laughs> you should know that, and I should know that. I did. I, I obviously said that just to uh, make some of our view, our listeners doubt for a moment. But I was actually thinking of CCP, is the Icelandic based company. But what do they make? Uh, Eve Online, and they used to own the IP for World of Darkness. But I haven't played those. Yeah, they sold it off to Paradox, and eventually I'll talk about the game that they're making. But that's not this one. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's a, there's a huge range, but they, what I think happened for this controversy is someone was like, I played this game and you can have sex, and then, like, they're like, hold up, who can you have sex with? It was like, it's an alien, and they're like, stop the presses, we're still making a story about this now, and the person in the background was just like, it's like a tiny little thing, it's like no part of the game at all, and they're like, shut up, I don't care about that, that's not what we're reporting. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of things, like I said, just kind of get nitpicked mm-hmm. and then bandwagoned. Yeah. And like certain things, I I think they're like good arguments can be made mm-hmm. for, um, let's say if I had kids and they were like 12, 13, around that age, I wouldn't want them watching sex in anything. Right. But I think that's why we have now a rating system to say like, hey, these things are a little too Same way we have for movies. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is probably a little bit too much for somebody of this age yeah but then post that you can opt into whatever you want i feel Mm -hmm. like i feel like it's it's a little hard to find the line specifically for sex like when kids are okay seeing it like when and at the same time games are never it's not it's never really easy to be like this is a game with an extreme amount of sexual content or a lot of it like the witcher where they're just like full nudity why not might as well yeah um although most of the it's uh front top like female nudity that's the reason they don't have an ao rating in the u.s ayo ayo um but that uh, seems natural but i i had written down in the notes and like ayo oh we have to make a joke about this (laughs) (laughs) it's natural because we actually didn't get that far in the notes yet so you're good it's true um but uh there's like there's other games like suggestive themes is like i think the opening esrb rating for a game that it's related under that S uh-huh. 
under the under the S in um, the content for the game. Um, but it could literally just be like, oh man, she's hot or something like that. You know, like a remark like that. You're like, oh yeah, suggest this person's sexually attracted to this other person. Yes. What? Or it's like this person's trying to be enticing or something like that. Seductive. Suggestive themes. Oh, when they go with the full, hey boys. Yeah. I gotcha. (laughs) Um, So there's like, there's a huge range and, you know, not everybody goes uh, GTA for Ballad of Gay Tony and has full frontal male nudity. Um, some games are just, you know, there's some boobs. Usually on a demon or like a succubus or something. But yeah, it's it shouldn't be on an incubus so much. Um, <laughs> Whoa, Dave. <laughs> you're discriminating against incubus. <laughs> Incubi, Jacob. Um, I don't know. It's, a, it's an actual vehicle. It's the incubus. <laughs> oh, Again, my bad. I'm... <laughs> But yeah, it's, I ran out of clips. No, that's fair. It's 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 something you you have to make your own. I mean, we have this idea, in particular in the U.S. I think it's I think it's relatively universal that parents should pick the maturity level of content for their children, unless they're explicitly, you know, for some reason like mentally scarring them in some way. You yeah, know? like you don't just show your kids like. Uh, real life death race like you know amateur made things where people are actually dying that would mess them up a little bit right yeah it's but you get to choose maybe they maybe you let them play starcraft yeah i haven't had kids i don't honestly plan to have kids so right. i can't really say this i was and like take this with a grain of salt but i feel that i would be heavily scrutinized especially if it's like a first kid yeah and it's like your pilot go at it right i'd want to shelter them from as much as possible early access kid <laughs> <laughs> uh backer rewards <laughs> um but i feel like at a point like once they reach teenage years mm-hmm. they're definitely going to be experiencing some things hmm. through media games their friends like you can't completely shelter person or keep them away yeah. without child protective services being like i haven't seen that kid in a while <laughs> yeah. you're like ah the basement right <laughs> but i feel like a little bit of exposure is good it just shouldn't be over the top i think you want to normalize some of those things yeah like hey sexuality is fine mm-hmm. it's not innately bad in the same way sometimes violence is necessary or right. like it's a part of the world that we live in mm-hmm. in like certain regards rather than saying putting everything in a box and saying like this is the worst don't touch it yeah and like and like sex sexuality gets put in that box a lot more in the u.s than violence does yeah because we talk about guns all the fucking time <laughs> <laughs> like um for my my upbringing like Things with sexual content immediately disqualified. Yeah. Things with violence, justifiable. And that was that was a much that was there was a chance of the argument there. And there's could, usually a reason for violence. Yeah. In a lot of things, like let's say in a movie, you gotta kill the bad guy. Right. Or like a, like a western. That's a good example, right? Mm-hmm. It's not over the top violence. Usually, it's like a shot. They get shot, and then, like, they bleed out over two seconds, or they have, like, a line, and then they're dead. Right. But or, like, fighting video games, like, that's the point. Right. And if you're talking about, like, violence in fighting video games, there's 
There's the iconic uh, Mortal Kombat. Fatality. Sub-Zero wins flawless victory. Which was basically the introduction to ultraviolence uh, to a lot of people in video games. Yes. And the SRB didn't exist when Mortal Kombat came <laughs> out, which is probably for the best. <laughs> um, because that game was hecka violent. I actually remember one of my first interactions with Mortal Kombat wasn't even the game. Mm-hmm. It was uh, in a Walmart when I was but a wee lad. Um, I mean, that's when I went to Walmarts too. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, I was looking at like a Game Informer magazine or something like that from like a distance. I was like, what is that? And it was um, looked a little bit closer and it was uh, Sub-Zero holding up a skull with a spine attached to it yep. that he had torn from a person, presumably. And I was like, I am scarred. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> uh, it just, on a, a deep level, I was not ready to see that kind of gruesome reality at a young age. Yeah. Um, but Mortal Kombat was just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to throw the game out there. It was, it was really heck of violent. So as Mortal Kombat's progressed, do you find yourself feeling the same way or it's kind of over-the-top gruesome? I, I, I'll I, be honest, I kind of do. Um, I mean, we talked about this just a little bit in advance, so I know. I Spoilers. Uh, don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't show them behind the curtains. <laughs> and sometimes, like, I just watch clips of games on YouTube because, mm-hmm. you know, like, pff, I'm an adult. I have a job. I don't have time to play games, actually. Spoilers, also, behind the curtains. Um and uh so i don't know particularly why i watch it maybe just a morbid curiosity but a a fatality compilation yep Um, and they're really really violent in some of some of the modern mortal mortal kombat games like it's no longer knocked the opponent off of the map and they landed on a spike and were impaled and died Mm -hmm. it's like carved them into like individually sliced sections and then their organs fall out on the floor and then the camera just stays on them for a couple seconds before the uh, fatality comes up it's like uncomfortable yeah it definitely does get a little bit outside of my comfort zone like i feel over time i've definitely gotten better at separating or putting anything video game in its own box from like this is not real life therefore like it doesn't affect me in that way yeah like i would never watch a video of somebody actually being cut in half and their organs falling out right because that sounds purely horrid that's bad and scarring and terrifying and evil but in a video game context i'm like oh that guy got totally owned right yeah so i appreciate like the effort put into it and like the animation Mm. There's a lot. There's a lot of effort put into the gore in modern Mortal Kombat games. They have those like zoom in, cracking, and like slicing moves. The like concussion hits. If you uh, bone hit, breakers, bone breakers. Yeah. yeah. If you like hit an opponent, uh, I think hit an opponent while they were trying to hit you or something like that, or some sort of retaliation. It was like a, a meter build up type thing, at mm. least per MKX. Yeah. I know they have like some specials and things yeah. they can do too that are usually pretty gruesome, but the fatalities are where people die 
<laughs> Although, like, a lot of those meter moves look like they should be fatalities also. <laughs> oh, you mean where somebody gets stabbed once? I'm like, that person's dead. <laughs> you, like, fire a harpoon through their, their head. It just, like, pier- pierces an inch. You're like, oh, yeah, pull that out. And they're like, no, I'm good to keep fighting. <laughs> Maybe not. It's all that determination, apparently. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are well held together by... Uh, the mouse trying to get the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I like about Mortal Kombat, though, at least I've been watching a lot of the updates and like trailers and fatality combinations mm-hmm. for eleven. Is yeah, the it's most just, recent. they just called it eleven. Yeah, Mortal Kombat eleven. And for me, I'm just curious because I don't actively play a lot of fighters, but the universe fascinates me. Oh yeah. So I'm like, oh, what cool character design do they do? How does it fit into the meta? Mm-hmm. And then along with that, each character is very stylized, personalized. Oh, yeah. And part of that is in their flourish for, like, fatalities. Mm -hmm. Like, Cassie Cage is going to have something wildly different from Baraka. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Cassie, Cassie, I saw one of her fatalities for, um, I think it was MKX. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was very, very gruesome. It ended with a person's head. Like, she was just holding up their head. She takes a selfie next to it. And by comparison, Eleven was not, like, as gruesome. One of her fatalities with that is she, like, shoots a person into the air with her guns, literally elevating them into the sky until they're chopped up by a helicopter. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of over the top in a way where I think you can kind of almost separate it as, like, cartoony. Yeah, it actually takes a little bit away from the the impact of the violence yeah if it's if it's got that absurdist bent you know it's it's like you can't shoot someone into the air with guns by firing really fast <laughs> like, have but, you tried yeah have I, you tried? I haven't tried i haven't tried it's like and if someone could pull that off maybe it should be aaron black you know maybe it should be aaron black all i'm saying uh aaron black's pretty top tier he's so freaking um, good like some of the strings that i've seen are like Hit, hit, gun, hit, hit, gun. Yeah. Throws the pool of acid, mm-hmm. does the grab where they're on the ground, and he walks up and then steps on their head a couple times. Meanwhile, the acid's still procking. Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy damage. He's apparently he's apparently pretty top tier, but I believe it. McCree, always a great character. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, was a, there was actually a, a quote I uh, looked up for this, which I thought was great. Um, one for the quote and two for who said it it's in the past some very violent and offensive games have reached the mark and of course i'm speaking about mortal Kombat and night trap which is like another kind of fmv sort of choose your own adventure game Um, but that was said by nintendo of america vice president howard lincoln testifying on the video game controversy in 1993 that's nintendo president of america (laughs) like that's it doesn't get much higher than that it's kind of like damage control it was 100 percent damage control at that point because people saw very uncomfortable things in these games that uh previously would have just been like in smut films yeah i i want to say night traps definitely more of an example of that because it was a smut film basically right (laughs) (laughs) it had a lot of women dressed inappropriately for like the scene that they were setting right where like there's like some terrorists who are like invading the house and you have to choose specific things and then like different cutscenes would play like oh this would flip a 
door in the house, like a secret door. Right. Like one of those rotating um, bookcases or something. Um, but yeah, it got a little, a little more sexual than it needed to be, and yeah. also like a little more predatorily violent in a way. Yeah. Compared to like Mortal Kombat, which was a fighting game and like violent, I expect in that context. Yeah. But I also think to a degree, Nintendo has never really had anything like that. They've not really ever had mature themes in their games because they've mm-hmm. always marked themselves as like the family friendly company right. where it's it's easy to play, play with your friends, we have a group of people. I'll have you know, Dave, Twilight Princess was rated T for teen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's my counterpoint. It's not that strong. <laughs> Shit you got me. <laughs> I would ask, why was it rated T for teen? I think it was for um more intense violence than the series was known for previously. Hmm. Yeah. Pretty sure that was it. What uh, was your first experience with violence or sexuality in video games? Or drugs, I guess, falls under that right, category. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, violence is like, it's inherent to almost all video games at this point. Yeah. It's just, it's not like, you know, actual gruesome violence. It's just comic violence. Mischief. Yeah, like, like literally we had an episode on Kirby a couple weeks ago. That's probably one of my first games. Yeah. But you were sucking up thing, and you you were devouring other living beings. Yeah. How hilarious would it be if you got to the end of Kirby and it's like kill count. It's like <laughs> like like 250 Dreamland inhabitants massacred. Like newspaper style drops. <laughs> Wanted mass murderer Kirby, last name unknown. <laughs> Kirby, last name Kirby Kirby. That's the name of the show. <laughs> Kirby Kirby Kirby. He has to go. <laughs> oh man! But uh, uh, for me, one one that stood out is um, I was at my friend Tony's house and we were playing, or I was watching him play uh, Brood War. Um, and there is, uh, when the Marines die, they kind of like explode into blood depending on how they're killed. Oh yeah. Um, because it's convenient from a graphic standpoint, they're blood for a second and then you just don't have to worry about like giblets or a corpse or anything like that. It saves processing like graphics power. Um, but I saw that and was like, I feel a little like a little queasy. queasy. Yeah. I'm like, this, mm, this doesn't make, makes my tummy feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's Jake's like, like, I had too much blood. <laughs> um, and eventually that kind of that kind of passed as I grew a little more desensitized to it. Um, but the other the other one in that vein was uh, Doom 3, which scared the crap out of me and made me very uncomfortable. From violence or from like horror standpoint? Kind of both. Or yeah. was there a sexual component that I missed from Doom 3? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of the the helplessness of it bothered me the helplessness of the people you're running into in the yeah. introduction kind of like when hell's breaking loose um, and uh, also just the jump scares and the general gruesomeness of the game it's not really ready for that as a young teen that's um, fair what's funny though and uh I don't know if most people played this way, but my friend got a mod that just made it so he could, like, spawn infinite... I think it was spawn infinite uh, flashlight sentry robots. 
to follow him around. <laughs> and so he's just like running through the game and they're just killing everything. <laughs> it was freaking great. Also, so, wait, the flashlight sensor robot does not provide light? It does, yeah. So the, so the first release of Doom 3, you had to choose between having your light on or your gun out. Oh, okay. The re-release later, they gave you like a like like lapel flashlight, essentially. Kind where of. you can, where it's like your phone's on, and yeah. you can see like a foot in front of you. Maybe. It was like a full light. It was it was oh, legit. Yeah. They just removed the flashlight kind of entirely and just gave you an always-on flashlight. That was that were, was mixed to the community because they're like, I mean, convenient from a gameplay standpoint, yeah. but I'm not gonna get jump scared by things in the dark anymore while my gun's out and pointed right at them <laughs> so it's interesting though it's and it's, it's it was a departure for the series like before doom wasn't really a horror game i don't think <laughs> no it didn't start out that way it was just kind of you're killing demons mm-hmm. it wasn't meant to be scary as much as like action-packed yeah or like the remake doom 2016 that's not a horror game. No. It, it's about killing demons. You feel so much more powerful in that than you did in Doom 3. Yeah. And I think that's why people love it so much. So, I feel like something we have to talk about at a point is, like, the violence meter. Like, okay. in Doom 3, or 2016 is a better example because it's a solid fucking game. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's weird to, like, rip the limbs off of demons, mm-hmm. beat them with their own limbs or anything like that. Whereas if it was a person, and let's say that they were bad people, so it's justified. Yeah. I feel that that would be a much more violent, inappropriate thing. Hmm. That's actually, uh, that's a good point, I think. You're, the, the human mind seems to make the distinction between this is a human, if you're engrossed in the game, this is a human that I'm killing. Yeah. Versus this is a monster. And the idea that you're shooting bad guys or killing bad guys always makes it more okay. It makes it easier to stomach. Yeah. Like, which is why, like, even in, like, Wolfenstein, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, any of those, you're shooting Nazis, and it's just an arcade game. There's still people, and I'm sure, like, maybe I'd be a little bit uncomfortable with that if I played it when I was young enough. Yeah. But you didn't get the impression that there's, like helpless people dying for no reason or for me it was i'll be honest for the starcraft thing it was probably how grotesque the zerg were like running over the space marines and things like that um but now it's freaking awesome and i'm a zerg player (laughs) (laughs) finally embrace the hive yeah what game were you just talking about a second ago i was talking my mind just went return to castle wolfenstein we're talking about doom oh yeah for wolfenstein reminded me of uh, Nazi zombies for, I forget which Call of Duty game that was. All of the Treyarch ones basically had um, zombies, sub-mode. The main series um, by Infinity War. I almost forgot them. Uh, Never really had that. Well, that to me is like another separation where it's like, they're not human in multiple contexts. Right. Because the Nazis have been dehumanized for obvious reasons, being like pieces of shit for like their their atrocities. Right. But at the same time, like zombies, it's a very us v them. Mm. Because I'm a human, I'm alive. I don't want to be an undead. Yeah. That's actually stop with your conversion therapy, Jim. 
That's actually that. That's got to be it. I think I think you've tapped into the core of it because, um, like all of these games where you kill zombies, you don't feel anything killing them. It's not meant to mean anything unless that particular person was just turned into a zombie and they were previously your loved one or something like that, right? It's like you are completely desensitized to the mass slaughter of zombies because they're just zombies. I would say even in Plants vs. Zombies, I (laughs) hold no remorse (laughs) because they're biting my cute acorns or eating my... Sunflowers, sunflowers yeah. which somehow they got to because okay. I fucked up. Messed up. You were playing on a tablet or something and uh, stopped stopped reading your presses. <laughs> <laughs> the, game, the game runs at a really low resolution. I played it like last this year, I think, yeah. actually. Uh, the original one. It, it hasn't aged the best from a technical perspective, but it's not full of microtransactions like the later ones. Hey. That's the scariest thing that a game has ever had. <laughs> oh, that's that's got to be its whole other thing. Yeah. Um, that's that's the biggest immor- immoral thing you can put in your game for sure is microtransactions. But you mentioned you mentioned Call of Duty and how it has that sub zombies mode. Um, there is a particular scene where you are not fighting zombies and you're not fighting enemy combatants. In Call of Duty 2, I believe, it was the the no Russian sequence, and that caused its own controversy. And I'll be honest, I felt like crap when I played it too. So let's provide some context, because outside of like me having heard about this like several years back, yeah, um, I had I provided like five lines of hype up for it. <laughs> <laughs> so this thing in this game, yeah, which you might not have played or heard about. <laughs> Uh, but basically, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you are playing somebody who has a gun. Yeah. Uh, you're in an airport and you mow down people who do not have guns. Yeah. Who are just in the airport. Yeah. It's uh the the setting is your um, infiltrating this Russian terrorist group essentially, um, and you're an American, and you end up in I think it is an either an international or some other airport. And uh, in order to get in with these guys, to follow through, discover the whole cell, take out the leader, whatever it was, um, you have to prove your loyalty, essentially. So, elevator comes down, you guys have all your guns, you're wearing your body armor. Guy looks back to you, says, Remember, no Russian. Doors open, LMG comes down, and the game gives you a choice at this point. There's a bunch of civilians. I don't think there's any kids. Mm-hmm. I think it was all men and women. Um, but they just turn and look at you and you can just go to town mowing them all down or you can just walk through that and actually kill no one. Um, it doesn't impact gameplay in either way, but for the player in the moment, they don't know whether that'll impact gameplay or not. You know, maybe, okay. maybe they do turn on you if they so realize you're is not it presented anyone. like an actual choice where it's like, Hey, I'm going to pick an option. Or is the option it's organic. you start shooting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the gun's the guns fully down. You just have the option to aim and kill people or just walk through the airport. And in which case, all of your compatriots, your other terrorist buddies, are uh, unloading on everybody anyway. So you get to see the gruesome reality of it um, regardless. But it does take on a more impactful aspect if you're the one pulling the trigger. Yeah. 
and this scene pissed, pissed people off in the international space which what's what's funny is like as far there was criticism of it in the u.s for sure but a lot of criticism came from the international community where they're like why do you guys hate sex so much and why do you love violence so so much um and some international copies of the game uh, that were uh, uh, sent out actually didn't have the scene at all just yeah. completely cut it from the game and the other thing was like sometimes this has a game has a military story and they're trying to teach you a lesson about like how bad war is and atrocities and things like that like i think was it six days of fallujah or something like that was one of those um but uh this ga- this scene got uh, leaked before Modern Warfare 2 came out. Ooh. And I don't know if there's like a person alive who believes it was anyone other than Activision that did it. Like as a hate? Hey, we're the, we're, we're the controversial one. We're the bad boy. Yeah. We have a terrorist simulator in the middle of our game, which is what some people claimed. You're like, this is... You're setting up people to execute a terrorist attack on civilians. Um it's it's dark stuff it is a dark episode as it turns out (laughs) do you think there's a merit in those statements it's like i want i want your take on this did you think it was a negative thing that they put that in their game or do you think it was justified for a reason i think it could have been justified i think that their intent might you could argue whether their intent means a lot or not maybe the personal experience and intent of the player means more at the end of the day. And I doubt many people played COD 2 and they're like, I'm going to be a terrorist. That sounds dumb. Like, that's not going to be your defining video game moment. Yeah. You're not like, shooting people in a video game feels real good. Mm, No, probably not. But is it too much? Is it like disrespectful to people who are victims of terrorist attacks? Is it uh, gratuitous? Like, in a game where you don't no one would have argued if they chose not to have that scene in it. You mm. know, is there a, something that you're willing, you're trying to tell people? Is there a message you're trying to invoke that would justify kind of having this scene in your game? And that, that's what I'm asking you. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, like, I can answer for myself, I guess, and that's that's about the best I can do because I feel that's like... what I'm asking <laughs> you. Because <laughs> it's 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 tough though, because it's like I was really uncomfortable when I played it. Right. Um, I can't remember the first time I played it if I actually walked through or if I actually shot people, but I know I've had playthroughs of the game where I shot people. And there's like a moment at the end where you get like a breather and I'm like, I am not comfortable with what I just did. But maybe that's actually a sign that it's good. Like maybe it's a sign that it is justifiable to put that in the game because I've played plenty of shooters where I get to the end and I was like, that was a fun experience. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go about my life. I've played very few shooters where I get to the end and I'm like, I feel uncomfortable about the, amount the of violence I enacted upon other people. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of a rare takeaway. Um, so for me, I think it is justifiable within that context, but I mean, don't just put it in all of your games to try to make more money. <laughs> <laughs> What about what about you? Because I know you played Call of Duty as well. In multiplayer, love shooting people. Yeah, it's it's the best because it comes down to like reflexes, strategy, 
yeah. uh, knowing the map. It's like an eSport in multiplayer. Yeah, it's it's a fun, like, I'm going to try and prove that I'm better than these other people who are playing, and for them, it's the same thing. Exactly. Um, it's an EP and off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play through this game specifically. Gotcha. Okay. At least as far as campaign and going through that. From hearing about it and like from watching it, mm-hmm. probably don't think it's needed. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm a fairly passive person. Right. So there aren't a lot of things where I'm like, this is, yeah. guys, this is the worst. <laughs> I'm usually just like, not a, eh, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Or I'm not such a huge fan of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's not polarizing for me. Yeah. I think it would have been much less impactful if it would have just been people that were there and you shoot them and they die it's more they like put effort into modeling like their animations for them running away from you yeah and like grouping together trying to pull their loved ones away and all this and unloading into all of that feels feels bad so yeah i don't know maybe maybe they succeeded in that aspect but it's tough if you like if you like games like that if you like scenes like that one Play Spec Ops The Line. It's a fun military shooter. <laughs> is that your segue or is that uh, an no, offhand? That's, 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 that's an offhand thing. Okay. Uh, it is a solid shooter, but it deals a lot more in the atrocities of war. Um, I do want to ask you another question before we go back to sexual stuff because mm-hmm. that's where I feel more comfortable. <laughs> right. right. Um, <laughs> you feel comfortable in your sexuality. <laughs> also, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I feel that we can't, I'd be remiss to not mention uh, the Columbine shootings or any yeah. type of mass shooting where things get tied back to video games or like, oh, these people played video games. They played violent video games. Right. This is what caused them to do these atrocities. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel that there have been studies shown throughout everything and also just common sense. So just looking at the data, um, there is not a correlation I, it's yeah. in the same way like oh this person who became a sociopath is reading Stephen King novels right no like it's it's a separation you take yeah. from things what you want mm-hmm. and it's uh, yeah it's not like a fucking manifesto yeah I don't know if so I don't actually know what the correlation would be and I, I think there probably I would I would disagree to a certain extent I think there probably is a correlation but it's definitely not causation because you could take a kid who's well-adjusted, like his peers, in the, if they're well-adjusted, you know, or on average well-adjusted, and they're going to play violent video games. You know, it's, it's, it's fine, you know, whatever. That's yeah. just what kids play. Um, and maybe some play more, maybe some play less. On average, if people have anger issues, if they had a rough upbringing, if their parents don't monitor them at all and let them play and watch whatever they want, it seems like the more troubled kids do get into more hardcore material of anything, music, games, videos, but people make it causation instead of correlation. They're just like, Hey, all that music, all those video games, all those movies that made this kid bad. And he went and he killed all of his classmates. Mm -hmm. Um, Realistically, my take on it is that, it's much more likely, given all of the studies that have been done, that 
Um, violent people prefer, prefer violence. And it also has an amplifying effect. Like there was a study, um, I like wrote a paper about this in community college way back when, non-scientific, never got published in a major journal. Uh, but the, uh, the, the gist was, do video games have a correlation with aggression? Mm-hmm. And there is one. It's just not that big. Unless you are already an unstable or aggressive person. In which case, it's significantly worse. Yeah. So, like, we'll play video games. We'll get salty at stuff. Yeah. And, like, you become frustrated, flustered. But it's how you deal with that emotion. Mm-hmm. Like, for you and me, we might just say, like, hey, taking a breather. Or, like, we're probably good for, for tonight playing this specific game in this mode. Right. Whereas other people might ruminate on it. Yeah. They might continue to, like, poke at the wound in a exactly. sense and kind of, like make it a, a loop yeah they kind of roll a ball of raw emotion up until it becomes something they can't yeah. handle in a healthy way also you said well adjusted earlier yeah i want to again we're not scientific by any means no so things with we just pretend to be <laughs> yeah. we're two guys in our late 20s just hanging out shooting the shit yeah um in the dark drinking energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> for me it's now just a flat coke zero sugar so I'm going to need a new beverage soon. Um, but when you say well-adjusted, I think of like somebody who's integrated with society and other people. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of these cases will come from people who do not fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to be alone. And as soon as you segregate yourself, and I've even seen this in like small cases where like I just don't hang around a lot of people. Yeah. Your mind wanders. Mm-hmm. And it wanders in a way like, oh, I, I don't think so-and-so likes me. They haven't texted me back in three hours. Right. And your brain will just run off with those thoughts. So you tend to, like, isolate yourself and separate yourself from people. Right. And then the more you do it, the worse it becomes. Yeah. And there's, like, a weird type of security in being alone because, like, you, can't you have be no hurt. interaction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't be rejected by anyone if you don't go out of your comfort zone. But at the same time, you're sitting there reinforcing your own darkest thoughts about yourself and other people. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I don't feel like, I don't feel like you have to be a scientist to get that, right? Like that's, that leads to a bad place. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, if the only thing your kid is doing is playing violent video games, uh, listening to the most violent sounding of music, including lyrics and stuff and watching smut films and they're 13 or 14, like something something's bad about that and you got to find a way to step in and change that if you can because your kid may end up a statistic and turn all these other people into statistics and nobody wants that um so i mean yeah i think everybody who's grown up and been a teenager has uh some recollection of those times where they got lost in their own head and it's just like you maybe you didn't think aggressive thoughts about other people but you thought you thought um you cast other people in a bad light and it was entirely in your head oh yeah that's just like oh that person's a jerk or like stacy shouldn't have said that about me or whatever it is or like um stacy's mom has got it going on things like that (laughs) um and yeah i mean obviously being able to deal with that in a healthy way kind of walk out into the the light of 
actually being able to interact with people and having a support group like makes the difference. Um, that is the, the mental health episode. <laughs> 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 uh, yes, the rated M. Rated M for mental health. Yep. Um, Got him. Subverted expectations. <laughs> as a real quick aside, is there a an example of violence in video games you're like, this, I really enjoy this. Oh, an, an example of violence I enjoy. That, so I'm, I'm going to let you think. Okay. Let yeah. you be pensive. I'll let you lead. And I'm going to name something. That you'd be like, oh, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, for me, at least, mm-hmm. and I think you might agree with some of these, Payday 2, uh-huh. which is, again, shooting, but you are the bad guys as you are heisters, and you're going to rob banks and murder police. Yeah. Um, Hotline Miami is something you were probably okay, yeah, sitting just, on. Let me just move to my second point. <laughs> That's actually a good one. I hadn't thought about that. I figured you'd say either Hotline Miami or Ruiner. Yeah, Ruiner. They're both very similar in the the feel of the violence. Yeah, it's a constant, quick pace chain kills. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's an arcade game. It's just yeah. arcade violence is really all it is. I'll be honest. The first thing that popped popped to mind because there are fun things like Doom. Mm-hmm. I quite enjoy the glory kills in Doom um, because. I have completely removed it. It's completely in fiction. None of it feels like reality to me. And it's, it's also not. demons. Yeah, and it's demons. It's it's such a separation from like they're trying to kill people mm-hmm. as they are demons. They're trying to let the fuck over the human race. Right. It's just demons being demons. You're like, but it's bad. So I'll just. <laughs> there's, there's also got to be some points for um, uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion for the adoring fan who follows you everywhere and complains about stuff. Uh, there's this particular mountainside with an overlook where uh you're just like hey stay here and he's like here right here are you sure not over there here okay i'll stay here you're just like walk back 10 feet arrow 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 like straight up in the sky essentially they all just follow him at the same time and he dies satisfying kill but the first thing that popped to mind was actually call of duty itself again Mm -hmm. um the nuke aftermath in modern warfare and it's not for satisfaction in uh, revelry, revelry of violence, but it's it's when you die in the the nuke explosion. Did you play the campaign for Modern Warfare One? I didn't play any Call of Duty campaign, as far as I know. Okay, oh, they're talking about like the multi kill in like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Modern Warfare. That's freaking great too. I got that once. Everybody on the server is pissed off. I like that one also. Um, but and this was a story. Your um, sent in as a team to disarm a nuclear device uh you go through all this stuff um long story short um it ends up going off there's a delayed detonation essentially they start evacuating everybody in fear that it's going to go off it takes down all of the helicopters around you it takes down your helicopter you go unconscious you wake up the world is this, this like almost martian looking landscape of debris and red dust and uh the game lets you crawl out of the helicopter crawl around you look for like a way to regenerate health you know find some way to survive your guy like is really freaking struggling and then uh if you like fall you'll like take damage you get almost nowhere your character gives up he falls down he dies then it zooms out to like it's global your next operative kind of view and it says like killed in action private whatever his name was I'm going to call him Ramirez, but I know it's not that. 
And it was such an awesome moment in gaming because it was like, oh, yeah, you know how you always survive all the most unlikely circumstances? No, you're dead. And you died because no one could survive it. And this operation failed. And deal with it. Protagonist dead. So so the dose of realism and kind of like adding the weight yeah. to it. It was one of those, It's there's, there's been a couple moments in games where I'm just like, I don't play Call of Duty with a controller, but put down the controller and then just think about what happened. Mm-hmm. And that was a put down the controller or the mouse. But, but then the mouse you're yeah, hold, you're just, holding up the whole time. <laughs> yes. And uh, and think about it. And I mean, like, that's that's violence done right, I would say. Obviously, you can do it for Arcady. Have it be fun. Nothing wrong with that, I think. Um, but if you're going to have more a more realistic depiction of violence or something that um, really impacts people, make it mean something, you know? Probably a less lighthearted <laughs> answer than you were hoping for. <laughs> but you started with Columbine, so this is where I'm I know. going. It's... <laughs> Everything's connected a little bit. Yeah. So we talked a lot about violence. I think we've expressed like our opinions in some some vague ways about that. Do you have any other thoughts on drugs or or uh, sexuality in games? And I don't examples. I don't feel like drugs have come up in games for me. Yeah, it doesn't seem to matter really. Though. Yeah, um, it's just occasionally something that's there. No, yeah. and it's usually you have somebody who's like casually smoking weed or something. Yeah, or you have somebody who's like. Mr. Burger the drug pants. addict, <laughs> Burger Pants from uh, Undertale, with his oh. with his blood. <laughs> yeah, that guy is, <laughs> is something. <laughs> I'm I'm 19 years old and I've already wasted my whole life. <laughs> I can't go to hell. I'm all out of vacation days. <laughs> so good. I feel like another topic we have to touch on. I, I did use that with a bit of a joke. Uh-huh. It's something like jiggle physics. Okay, yeah. So there's obviously sexuality in video games. Mm-hmm. Certain ones more than others. No, um, 100% true. Probably like one of the main cases being like Dead or Alive, Extreme Beach Volleyball. Yes, which I have heard about, but as a good Christian, obviously have not played. <laughs> it's just, it sounds good as the older titles. Um, <laughs> so Dead or Alive is just like a fighter where it has people with different fighting styles. Um, a lot of the female characters are usually very attractive or might wear suggestive clothing. Right. But like fan service and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But like to me, I don't care because I, I don't I'm not taking anything from it and I'm not offended by it. Right. You're here for the volleyball meta. So, but like with <laughs> Dead Alive Extreme Beach volleyball, right. it's just it's all like the girls in bikinis and doing like. You know how you imagine like yeah. uh, sleepovers were when you were like ten. You're like, right. do they just like hang out and make out and like take <laughs> off the shirts? It was kind of like that. From I've seen like a trailer on YouTube. Yeah, I've never really checked out the game, but to me, this is like a, an example of sexuality for sexuality's sake. Yes, like it is fan service. The game. Yeah, and again, I'm neutral because like it's not for me right and i it doesn't bother me that some people are like i want to play a game that's like pretty titties focused yeah okay cool you do that mm-hmm. but at the same time i could see where somebody's coming from if they're like hey 
as a woman, I think this is portraying women in a bad light because yeah. it just oh, yeah. has them as sexual objects. It, it is a liter- literally that. Yeah. It's like you can't really make an argument ob- that it's a not objectifying women. That's kind of the whole point. Um, it's like now where that falls on your scale of society, maybe if there's a little bit of that and there's a lot of like strong female characters and games that don't objectify women and equal representation and portrayal, maybe it doesn't matter so much. Like there are some games games that completely objectify men too. Uh, I wouldn't say there's as many. Dream Daddy, but yeah, exactly. Dream Daddy. Um, yeah, there's definitely less examples. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z, the entire anime. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, there's kind of this axiom: sex sales, uh, which. Interestingly enough, I mean, there's another game on here uh, we were uh, could mention, which is uh, BMX Triple X. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, which proves it entirely false because the game sold under a hundred thousand copies globally, and then Acclaim, which was the uh, the publisher, went under like not long after. <laughs> but the U.S. doesn't like sex. Uh, young teenagers male teenagers stuff like that they would probably be the perfect audience for this but they need their parents to buy it for them yeah so that's probably not going to happen um then you have the grown men who may have some interest in this but they have other stuff to worry about so they don't pick it up and your game doesn't sell at all so like what what were you aiming for (laughs) for a like demographic as it turns out in video games it doesn't really sell that much you gotta have like you have to have more to your game yeah so like i see it as like maybe like a a fun silly like lol boobs yeah like if you just want to have something that's sexual and entertaining for just that yeah okay sure like there are things like porn maybe you have like a porn game mm-hmm. or something and let people opt into those it exist? who want to jake your, your expression <laughs> people can't hear your expression but I see that face. Um, I don't know. It's very limiting for your audience. If, it if, is. If, if you go, if you go like more than just this is topless women, then you'll be banned in the U- or you'll go AO in the U.S. adults only, but from the ESRB, which means your game can't be sold in stores. Essentially, um, most stores will not sell it at all. You won't see it anywhere. Uh, Europe doesn't care because they don't care about sex. Um, they care more about violence, um, but not by that much. And your game like won't see the light of day in Australia because they'll refuse classification. But that happens yeah. on violence, too. It's like Left for Dead, they had to take out all the dismemberment or the game would have been refused classification because they only go up to 15. And then if a game is not appropriate for 15-year-olds, it got refused classification under that system. And so it would be functionally banned because they didn't have like the U.S. and the U.S. If you go to like some of the seedier stores, you could theoretically get adults only games mm-hmm. in theory. I mean, like I actually don't have any evidence that that's true, but it's, it should be possible. In Australia, they literally can't sell the game. So uh, it's it's hard to make actual, not just mature themes, but adult video games and expect people to pick it up. Yeah, uh, unless I, s- I assume you're on the internet <laughs> like I, with with like self-funded things like patreon and kickstarter and stuff like that i assume that's where the audience is yeah i could see there being an audience for it 
it's just like younger me would have appreciated that a lot more mm-hmm. because it was like this new forbidden thing right and just you know as like a teenage boy you're just a hornball which I'm, I'm told that goes away at a point right it's um, supposed to it's supposed to <laughs> <laughs> i've heard it's supposed to <laughs> but like for me i'm not like don't give me 2d cups give me a three-dimensional character right um because i really do appreciate seeing like strong female characters like fucking senua oh yeah great game yeah and like she has character and personality and drive yeah and you don't really hear her talk so much Mm because usually like the voices in her head right but you see like a character who's developed zing and like (laughs) but not progressing but actually not in that way yeah but like progressing and going through a thing rather than just be like have you seen my chest i'm like i get it but she's humanized she's a person it's like the driving characteristic of senua is her um, mental condition and her drive to overcome it yes not like literally any part of her body at all um like i've been playing horizon zero dawn the protagonist in that is aloy and she's also like a legitimate protagonist that's yeah. really really likable. Um, also, like that's a character who like they made attractive. Yeah, but they're not. I mean, you've seen like the outfits. It's like uh, Nordic, not Nordic. It's borderline like Eskimo hunting type stuff. Yeah, no, that's fair. Or some of it is kind of Nordic, mm-hmm. but like Nordic, Celtic, it's Eskimoic. Too... Is there a plane? Yeah, we're all uh... right. The government has the found, yeah, <laughs> found out that we were recording the M-rated episode. <laughs> Swat are going to come through the skylight. Or just ricochet off the top of your roof as there is no skylight. Don't tell them I have a skylight. <laughs> yeah, I, I do appreciate some like attractive characters in game. There's some sexuality. Mm. I'm not going to say I don't like boobs. but Whoa. Whoa. Controversial, yeah. That's the true controversy. But... <laughs> Again, I don't like it if it's just to be like, hey, this is the hot person who everybody wants to fuck. Yeah. I'm like, eh, really? Do we do we need that? It's like, it it just doesn't, like, I won't say it doesn't do anything for me. Because there, it, there are definitely some games. It's a base approach. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be like any sort of, like, satisfaction as far as the character is concerned. You're yeah. like, oh, that character is an icon. That character exists as eye candy. Um, what else does your game have? Right? Yes like um and yeah that's just that's just my take on it you know so make games that have mechanics and features and characters and personalities that can stand up and not just a bunch of one-dimensional tropes um and we'll be good and people will actually buy your games and they might be able to be sold in the u.s and australia so that's that's true everybody's going for (laughs) australia yeah it's like risk. Everyone wants Australia. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just don't want to like you don't want to completely block yourself out of the running. You don't want to entirely block a continent from your reach as far as sales yeah, are concerned. I think that's good <laughs> as we don't have too many of them. No, yeah, they really should get to work on that. Get some more continents going. But so, as a kind of closing thought. Mm-hmm. as we're coming up on time i'm I'm out of thoughts <laughs> i've got Uh-oh. the closing thought that's about it <laughs> and 15 minutes of silence <laughs> what do you think is a good example of sexuality in a game that you think is is done well 
Okay. Or you think fits. Hmm. So the cheap the cheap answer would be actually Mass Effect to bring it full circle. Okay. Because um those like Bioware is all about their characters. Obviously they've had some missteps recently. <laughs> Anthem. <laughs> and like uh even before that they've kind of been pushed in directions I feel like isn't their strength. But they've always been about characters in their games. Like uh you could grow to be friends with other members of your crew on the Normandy and Mass Effect. Um, or your, um, your party in uh, Dragon Age or the other Jedi and Knights of the Old Republic. Like, those people are interesting on their own. Right. You, you don't have to bang them to get satisfaction out of the characters in the game. As much as HK-47 is the most romanceable character <laughs> I think that's ever existed. Um, but, like, on the other hand, it's implausible for characters in these situations over long lengths of time to not ha- like grow bonds yeah it's entirely justified in the universe that some of these people would find happiness you know in each other's arms and are you am i waxing poetic it's <laughs> <laughs> like jake's like i've definitely used this line on somebody before <laughs> i thought about it as i said it i was like was that was that hammy that was a little bit hammy. A, little ha- a, little a little ham i was just like put a nice layer of ham on top of it but it's it's completely it's earned in the game um most of the time sometimes they're like do we have someone you should you can bang because if not we should really get that you know and you can tell when that's the case yeah when it's not an organic relationship um like something like a lady walks by and touches your hand at like a cocktail party and you're like she wants it Mm -hmm. and like eh. there's actually um there's an example of this in Dragon Age Origins at the culmination of the game. Spoilers for the end of Dragon Age Origins. You, I guess you've had time. Yeah, I feel as the you've had consensus. Time. But um, the Witch of the Wilds, um, Morrigan. Uh, if you have a male character, we'll try to seduce you to have sex, mm-hmm. as that is usually what where seduction eventually leads. Um, and uh, if you're not a male character, she'll try to get you to convince the other male character, Great Warden Alistair to have sex with her you're like that's kind of weird you know that's a little bit weird is this just fan service like at the end of the game you're, you're here to bang the witch of the wilds and oh man there's another conquest for main character main character protagonist uh no actually she wants to get pregnant to so that when the archdemon is slain there's this giant dragon his soul will go to the corrupted child that is in her womb and uh, she ends up, if you go that path, mm-hmm. you choose to have sex with her or whatever, she ends up with, like, a god child in Dragon Age 3. I guess I'll also spoil this for Dragon Age 3. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like, it's it's really freaking cool because that's entirely her initiative. Yeah. Like, it's completely justified in the story. She's not a sex object at all. She's, if anything, dismissive of you for most of the game. And... It's her playing out her arc, and you are an NPC in her story. Yeah, yeah. Which is like that's a this is a complete reversal from the whole like, oh, you saved the maiden, and now she's going to show her her appreciation. It's freaking dumb to to do it that way. Yeah, I I don't like the whole shitty belief like girls like put up with sex. Pe- yeah, people humans right. are sexual. Right. There are some people who are, are not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
like asexual people obviously do exist right but shout out to our listeners like i know one asexual person i don't think they listen to podcasts right um what was i gonna say lose my train of thought towards the end of the podcast um, i don't know i was just casually making fun of our listeners for insensitive in insensitive yeah. ways <laughs> so like uh because i can't think of many games right now uh in witcher 3 yeah uh you have different relationships with a couple of different usually sorceresses yeah, yeah they're all sorceresses <laughs> yeah. he's got a type uh-huh. um but it's not like he's <laughs> going on a conquest and like i'm gonna go seduce this person mm-hmm. for the sake of seducing them it's usually like he is caught up in oh yeah so who is the uh spoilers which are three i don't give a shit yeah who is the blonde sorceress so i can't remember her name oh my gosh uh yennefer no okay that's no black she's hair. black hair you yeah fool. yeah yeah that's right triss is red hair yes is blonde mm, oh, crap i start with an m kira metz that was it yeah that's like a sports name sports team i think that was actually kind of that was kind of clever good 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 on (laughs) you um if kira knightley joined the mets (laughs) kira metz (laughs) anyway yeah (laughs) um like you have this whole like you're chasing her on horseback and then like you're trying to find her and like she dropped her items of her clothing, and then you have like this naked picnic get together, and you uh, ro- roll in the hay. Right. And then. Hay's really uncomfortable. I don't even know why people do that. I have an allergy, but in, <laughs> in a hot way. Um, <laughs> do you like hives? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I play Zerg. Um, <laughs> hey. So like, when you wake up, though, she has ditched your ass oh, to yeah. go investigate the one thing mm-hmm. that she was being super shady about because she had her own motives and drives and seduced and use you yeah exactly there there's this isn't to encourage like using people. women should seduce men or men should seduce women yeah don't, don't do whatever is natural and comfortable between two people yeah um but i just like that it makes it more normalized like you're seeing humans doing human things yes rather than putting the literal pussy on a pedestal yeah and making everything so taboo or just using it for what's the word like fan service player like glorified sexuality yeah yeah it's like it can be portrayed entirely for the player or for the the character the main character but in the witcher 3 most of the time that there's like sex opportunities with like sorceresses and stuff like that they literally just want to get off or they're trying to get something from you. Um, they exist basically entirely in a one-night stand. Almost entirely. There are exceptions. Um, in a one-night stand kind of capacity. And Geralt's attempts to push anything further beyond a purely like sexual relationship. Plus like the benefits of someone who will run quests from them mm-hmm. are rebuffed. They're just like, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> like we had sex. Now go do things. Right? <laughs> it's always this, this reverse thing um, where they're the ones and they're the ones holding all of this yes. kind of power over, over a girl to a certain extent. Um, it makes it more interesting. It's like, yeah, 
that hasn't i don't think that's been played out in games as much as the, no. the opposite has, <laughs> you know definitely not it's actually it's almost like a direct reversal kind of of witcher one <laughs> which was like not as nearly a mature I, a mature of a plot line. i think one of the main things i like about it and again this has gotten better as i've gotten older yeah is like you see a female character who's capable mm-hmm. and not not like your peach from right. mario exactly it's like they exist me. to be saved right yeah and that's like a one a shitty character motivation as far as storytelling goes yeah two the fuck's that character do fuck they do nothing yeah uh-huh. they they just exist they're a plot they're device yeah yeah brief they could be they could be a, they could be a literal MacGuffin. Anime. <laughs> sword art online uh-huh first okay. season you have uh I like asana the, yeah i think that sounds right she's not the lightning blade she's definitely she's like this badass cool character (laughs) right um but in like the second season they went a bit of a different direction Mm -hmm. and hard gimped her she was a prisoner the whole fucking season yeah and then was being like tentacle tickled in a weird way yeah she's just full-on helpless maiden from being the warrior woman that's better than the protagonist and like to me that was a shitty season in general yeah um, and that was one of the main reasons for me. Yeah. It's worth bringing that up uh, just for how good of an example it is between the good portrayal where main characters interact on equality and strength. Yes. Or still something for the main character to strive for. The fact that she's just stronger than him. Immediately to the opposite end where it's just OG. The protagonist is the hero of mankind or he's got to go save his waifu. And yeah. She's completely helpless. and It's freaking dumb. Don't do that. <laughs> it's like the reverse. You could say the writers learned a lot. But since that was season two. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's a, probably a pretty solid closing thought. This is a this is this is a different episode than we usually run. Yeah. And it's and it's longer, too. It is. It is what up, Dark Souls? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> controversies in dark souls games too hard uh, but yeah we don't we don't believe that here i'd like to thank everyone for listening to another episode of soapstone um, as always you can send your feedback into us at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com directly or you can join the discussion on facebook at facebook.com slash soapstone podcast and we look forward to hearing from you and as always we will see you in the next one also, you can leave uh, uh, interactive tip comments on Venmo. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Okay, bye.